All right, so we are in the first week of a somewhat new series, somewhat new. It's not a new series because this is a series, Terms of Surrender, that we, if you've been around a couple years, you'll remember that two years ago we actually started. Two years ago we changed your seats and made you uncomfortable, and we started this series, Terms of Surrender, and, and I, I, I don't remember, I wasn't listening if Deb said it in pre-service, but the, the second week of Terms of Surrender two years ago was Surrender Your Plans. That was the second message, and that was the week that COVID hit. And we had to surrender our plans. And I got to tell you, like, we, this was a big deal. Like, we rented lights um, for the series. We got all excited. We printed all these cards that were in your seats. Like, it was this huge deal, and we were incredibly excited about it. And then all of a sudden, we, you know, I had to talk about surrendering your plans. And here we are. We have to surrender our plans. And so, so terms of surrender, I want to explain what this is all about. This is all found through the Gospel of Luke. And basically, there's a, in Luke chapter 9, we see where Jesus has a direct turn. He's, he's been doing ministry and called his disciples, um, but there's this point in verse 51 where it says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So it was like this, this shift in ministry that Jesus has been walking and doing miracles and all of these cool things, but at this point in chapter 9, verse 51, it says, Jesus turned his sights toward Jerusalem and the cross. And, and so Jesus was fully surrendered to God's will and God's plan for his life. And in this, we are called to surrender. And so We've got things set up a little different today because when there is a battle or when there's a war and somebody surrenders, what happens? Well, at least in the old days, they would come to the middle and they would discuss the terms of surrender. What does it look like to end this war and for us to surrender to you? So from chapter 9 of Luke all the way through um, the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus is, is giving the terms of surrender. So here we are. That's why it looks this way. I know, I know that we don't like to be uncomfortable, but, but there's a purpose. Really, can I be honest with you about the purpose? You guys never sit in the front and the middle. And so I was like, if you're not going to come to me, I'm going to come to you. And all of you up in the balcony are like, hey, joke's on you guys. Our seat isn't changed. I'll be up there next week. You better watch out. But, but, yeah, and, I mean, so, so we're in a different seating range. Also, I thought about this. You know, they talk about life hacks, like things that make life easier. Here's a church hack for you. Every once in a while, someone will come up to me and say, Pastor Alex, I'm so sorry that I was dozing off during service. I'm so sorry that I was eating during service. Like I, and and I'll say, listen, I don't even notice what's happening out there. I'm too focused in. But listen, in this series, we gave you two wonderful sections where I can't even see you. So if you need to sleep, if you're tired, like take advantage of the church hack here and sit in the side sections. But no, terms of surrender. So, so we're looking at terms of surrender. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He set his sights on the cross. See, Jesus knew all along where he was headed. He knew all along as he was calling his disciples, as he was living, as he was ministering, he knew that he was headed for the cross. <clears throat> but here in Luke 9, he sets his sights on the cross. And from, from Luke 9 on to Luke 23, where we see the, the, the crucifixion, Jesus is teaching his disciples what it looks like to surrender. I'm, 
I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful that he didn't just leave, but Jesus says, I want to teach even as he's walking toward the cross. Have you ever had something really big on your mind, something huge, and all you could focus on was that? As a pastor, sometimes like there's something on my mind I've got to get done, and it's really hard to like talk to people when you know you've got to get this done. Like Jesus had the cross on his mind, but he still on the journey to the cross took the time to teach and lead his followers on what it looks like to surrender. So we're in Luke chapter 9. We're actually going to be a little bit before um, him setting his sights, but we're going to be in verse 20. So why don't you stand with me? And we're going to look at surrendering our plans, part two. Verse 20 says, um, let, let me explain where they're at. Jesus has been, they, they've just, the last story recorded is Jesus um, feeding the 5,000. And at this point, Jesus has kind of snuck away with his followers and they're praying. But Jesus turns to them and says, hey, who is everyone saying that I am? And then in verse 20, he, he says, but what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. This is big. God's, you are the Messiah. Peter gets it right. This is a big moment. Verse 21, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell, anyone, tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You can have a seat. So we've got this big moment. The, the disciples have been following Jesus, and, and up to this point, things have been pretty smooth. I mean, I, I was reading through Luke this week, and honestly, like if you read up to chapter 9, there really isn't a lot in there that the disciples would have to be too concerned about. It starts with Jesus calling them, and he calls them. He doesn't say, hey, come follow me, you're going to die. He says, come follow me, and I'll teach you how to fish for men. And then we see this journey that the disciples are on, and, and it's pretty much all good stuff. Jesus is healing. Jesus is feeding. Jesus is doing these miracles. And, and so, so far, things have been really good for the disciples. And, and Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. Now, let me explain what, what that would mean to, to them. See, in their mind, the Messiah was the one that was coming to save them. In their mind, the Messiah was the one that was coming back, the people of God that had been journeying and suffering and struggling. The Messiah represented salvation from all of that struggle. And so <clears throat> when Peter says, you're the Messiah, it's like he's saying, you're the guy. And you can imagine, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've got something in my throat here. <clears throat> you can imagine like they've seen Jesus heal They've seen Jesus, they've just seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. And, and Peter says, you are the Messiah. It's like, you're the man and we're your people. So guess what? We're in good shape. 
It's kind of like they're thinking, hey, we're going we're gonna to ride this train all the way to the top. We've got this. You know, sometimes I think in the church we kind of get this thought that, that, hey, God, you've got it all. God, you're over everything. And so, so my life is going to be perfect. As long, we like to use words in the church like, I'm blessed um, you know, God's favor is on me. And, and sometimes I think we kind of think that if we follow God, everything in our life is going to be perfect. Can I, can I tell you the truth that like growing up, I kind of felt invincible. Like not, not like I was Superman, but, but honestly, like through the first 30 years of my life, like everything was pretty smooth. And like my dad became a pastor when I was two years old and we never had any like major need in our life. Everyone was healthy. Everything was good. And in and, and all honesty, I kind of felt like, hey, we're being faithful to God and God is blessing us. We're living like we're on the way to the top. We're untouchable because God is with us. That's kind of where the, the disciples are. And I think that's where a lot of churches are and Christians are these days. And there, there are a lot of Christians that, that really like to talk about God's blessings. They really like to, to pray the prayer of, Lord, bless me, let your favor be on me. But, but they don't talk a whole lot about surrender and crosses and I'm afraid in the church that, that we can get into this place where we feel like, hey, as long as we do exactly what we're supposed to do, everything's going to work out exactly how we need it to work out. It's going to be perfect. And we start to feel invincible. But, but verse 22 comes. Peter says, yeah, you're the Messiah. You're the man. And Jesus says, hey, don't tell anyone about this. I don't want to get too deep into that. But, but in verse 23... He really kind of changes the focus. And he says, hey, you know, that plan that you have in your head, that we're going to go to Jerusalem and we're going to be the leaders and you're going to be on the best team and you're going to be the, like, right at my side and it's perfect. This plan, that, this thing that you think in your head about the Messiah, I want you to know what's really going to happen. In verse 23, um, Jesus says the plan is surrender and death. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So, so the disciples had to be feeling good in, in, verse, uh, in verse 20. You're the Messiah. And then Jesus says, oh, by the way, the Messiah, being the Messiah, I want to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to a cross. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And in verse 23, he says, if you want to follow me, if you want to continue to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is hard stuff. Does everybody understand how hard this is? Like, this isn't the, like, the rainbows and the, this isn't the perfect moments. Jesus says, hey, you have this plan in your head about how this is all going to go. I'm going to the cross. And if you want to follow me, that's where we're going. That's rough. And he says, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. This is ridiculous. Why would anybody take up their cross? See, the cross in these days was a punishment. 
You didn't take up your own cross. You were punished and they put the cross on you and they forced you to carry the cross to where you would be hung on it. And so Jesus says they must deny themselves, they must take up their own cross and follow me. This is ridiculous. Why would anybody take up their own cross? Why? Nobody willingly does that. Taking up your cross doesn't just mean carrying a cross. Has anybody ever carried like that cross? That thing is extremely awkward and heavy and it has splinters in it and Rick's done it. And it's not fun to carry. But, but Jesus isn't just saying take up a cross and carry it. Jesus is saying you need to be willing to carry your cross and die to self. You've got to be willing to follow me to die to self. Choosing to follow Jesus means choosing the way of the cross. So, so the first part, let me just, I should have warned you ahead of time. The first part of this message is, it's pretty tough. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to choose the way of the cross. You have to be willing to die to self. You have to be willing to surrender everything. Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't say, I'm the Messiah, so you guys all have to bow to me. He said, I'm going to the cross. Complete surrender. And he says, if you want to follow me, you have to surrender as well. So, so sometimes we have these big plans. I talked about, you know, how I kind of felt invincible for a while. Have you ever just had like this picture of what your life was going to be? Or maybe you had some plans that you thought were going to be perfect. Maybe you had a, a vision of what, what everything, how things were going to turn out. Let me ask you a question. Has that ever gone wrong? I told you I felt invincible until about 10 years ago. And, and I mean, we had, we had been healthy our whole lives. Everyone in my family had been healthy. We'd always had everything we needed. And all of a sudden, there was a diagnosis. And my mom had cancer. And it all changed. And that plan, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that plan. I didn't think, God, oh, one day I'm going to lose my mother. I, I, that wasn't the plan. Just because we follow Jesus. My mother's one of the most solid Christians I've ever seen. Just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean that you aren't going to suffer. And you aren't going to die and life is going to be perfect. See, we can have a picture, we can have plans, we can say, you're the Messiah and I trust in you, so everything's going to work out perfectly. But the truth is, it doesn't always happen that way. Some of you have had a diagnosis in your life. Some of you have, have heard some bad news. Some of you are dealing with health issues. Some of you maybe had a picture for what marriage was going to be. And it hasn't turned out to be what you thought it was. Some of you had a picture of what your, your kids were going to be and what your family was going to be. You had this picture of your family and, and it hasn't turned out the way that you thought the plan was. Some of you maybe, maybe had a career that you were following and, and you had this picture. God, I'm going to be faithful to you and you're going to carry me through and, and here's what it's going to look like. And, and it didn't end up the way that you thought it would. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You know what I love about my mom? 
She was one of the best Christians I've ever seen. In a diagnosis and a change of plan, it didn't make her any less surrendered to God. And I remember her quoting scripture and I remember her talking about the grace of God and the blessings of God even through cancer. Following Jesus doesn't mean that everything's gonna be perfect and we're gonna avoid suffering. In fact, Jesus says, if you wanna follow me, take up your cross. I'm going to the cross. If you wanna follow me, follow me to the cross. There's another word in here that I think is pretty important. And that's the word that says, anyone who wants to follow me will take up their cross daily. This is an important word in here, daily. See, see, it's one thing to say, all right, God, I mean, we've all been in a service maybe before where we said, all right, God, you can have it all. Or maybe you had something weighing on your heart, maybe one of those things that's gone wrong that isn't going to plan. And you said, God, it's all yours. I surrender it. But there's a problem with that. And that's the, and, and Jesus knew this about us, that we can surrender it once, but that doesn't mean that, it, that the worry and the fear and the struggle is gone. Just because you think that you're surrendered doesn't mean that you're not gonna have temptations to doubt. I gotta tell you, walking through the last 10 years and walking through the last two months, I've just had to continually surrender and say, God, I don't know what's happening, I don't know why it's happening, I don't know where I'm going here, but I trust you completely. But you know what's amazing is like, I can say that prayer and two hours later or the next day, doubt and fear and anxiety are right back there. And the problem is it's easy when you feel those things to start to think that God has turned on you or God has left you or God is doing this to you. But Jesus says, you have to be completely surrendered daily. I, I, in all honesty, I have had to surrender every single day, every single day. Say, God, it's yours. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how this will end, but I trust you completely and I surrender to you. Surrender is a daily calling. And so if we want to be disciples of Christ, we have, we have to surrender everything, to surrender our lives, our plans daily. All right, so this is where the message changes. It's been pretty bleak so far. I'm sorry. But I got good news. Jesus has good news for us. Verse 24 Jesus says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you follow me in complete surrender to the cross. That's tough. But then Jesus says, if you're willing to surrender your life, your plans, everything to me, you'll save your life. 
This doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'll explain it here in a minute. Jesus explains it. Whoever wants to save their life will surrender it, and whoever surrenders it is actually going to save. This is the good news today. Yes, your dreams, your plans, your family, your marriage, your health, your, your career, whatever it is, it may not have worked out the way you thought, and you may have to surrender that and say, God, whatever you want to do, I trust you. When you do that, God has better plans for you. And I'm not talking about more wealth and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about eternal life. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. In verse 22, when Jesus tells them, hey, I'm headed to the cross, I want you to hear what he said again. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed. Did you notice that Jesus didn't stop there? He didn't just say, I'm going to the cross and I'm dying. There are these words. And on the third day, be raised to life. I want to say that again. Jesus said, I'm headed to the cross. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. But on the third day, I want to be raised to life. Yes, Jesus went to the cross. Yes, he suffered, but then he was raised to life and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. See, it's not just, it's not all doom and gloom. There is life eternal for those that are willing to surrender. Jesus gives life. So I want to switch gears here and tell a story. Um, we, a few years ago, three years ago, I think it was, we hit our 15th anniversary, Megan and I did. And, um, and so that year we were, we were playing, I had big plans. I was like, Megan, we've been married 15 years. This is a huge accomplishment for you to stay married to me for 15 years. So we're gonna celebrate. And so I said, you know, I, I, I've been on a lot of mission trips throughout my years. And one of the cool things about going on mission trips is you get airline miles. And so I actually have like two flights to anywhere in the world that, that we can go somewhere. And so I said, Megan, it's our 15 year anniversary. Let's go anywhere we want in the world. Let's have big plans. And, and Megan says, let's go to the beach. And I, I said, well, we go to the beach like twice a year. I mean, there's better places to go. Like, like when I was a senior in high school, I got to go to Africa and we went on safari. And I remember sitting there thinking like, I'm sitting in my little tent and I'm looking out at giraffes and I'm thinking, one day I'm gonna bring my wife and my kids to this awesome place, not the beach. Or, or hey, maybe we'll go to Europe and we'll, we'll see all of this history and all this. But we had these big plans and so we started talking like months ahead, months and months, maybe even a year ahead. And if you know me, if I'm talking about something a year ahead, like that's big plans for me. And so we've got these big plans and I'm like, I can't wait. We're going anywhere we want in the world. It's going to be awesome. And, and then I got a phone call. And it was from a friend of mine that I love very much. He grew up in this church. He was in my young adult group. And he said, hey... Um, I'm getting married this summer. Would you be in my wedding? I said, that's awesome, man. I'm very honored to be in your wedding. And he said, well, it's, in, uh, it's up in Canada. <laughs> and I said, okay, like I'm still honored, but maybe a little less excited. <laughs> And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, well now, and it, we, we've had all these big plans of going anywhere in the world. Well, now we've got this trip to Canada and, and I don't know if you guys know, but like that's a long way away and that costs a lot of money. And so, so we're like, we had to take our plans and we had to say, okay, 
this isn't the year. This isn't happening. And we had to surrender those plans. And I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry if you're watching, Jordan. I love you. But, but I'm going to be honest. I was maybe a little bit bitter about that because I had big plans. 15-year anniversary. We're going to Africa. We're going to Europe. We're going to the beach. Whatever. We, by the way, we compromised on like the Greek Isles because that's Europe and I think there's some beaches there. So we both get what we want, right? But, but no, then we had to surrender it to go, and I'm sorry, if you're from Canada, I really apologize. Like, it's going to get better, trust me. But like, if you're from Canada, like, I just wasn't excited about going up to Canada. And, and I got to tell you, like, we surrendered our plans, but that trip that we went on was like maybe the best trip we've ever been on. We got some pictures. Can you pull them up? Ah, this is the chief right here. Our first day, we stopped, we ate at this restaurant, and that was the view out the window. That's, that's the chief. All right, give me the next picture. This is what it looked like from the top of the chief as you looked out. But is that not heaven right there? Like, I thought, I had these big plans, like, I'm going to go to Africa, I'm going to go see something cool, whatever, I'm going, I have big plans, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I got to go to Squamish. It was... It was the greatest trip I think I've ever been on. And I thought about that, and, and, and Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, it's the way of the cross. If you want to follow me, you have to surrender your plans, you have to surrender your life, and you have to be willing to take up your cross and follow me. But he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever surrenders, whoever loses their life for me will save it. Listen, I want you to hear, like, I'm not promising you wealth on earth. I'm not promising you that you're going to get to hang out on the top of the chief and look at that all the time. But I want you to know that if you're willing to surrender your heart and your plans completely to God, he's got so much more for you. His plans are so much better than our plans, even when it looks like going to a cross. Because we can only experience resurrection life when we've died to self. See, see let, me, let me tell you a secret. You can avoid the cross. You don't have to go to the cross. You have that choice. You can live for yourself and you can avoid surrendering everything. You can avoid dying to self and you can live your whole life and avoid the cross. But you know what you can't avoid? You can't avoid the tomb and the grave. You can do whatever you want. You can live however you want. You can stack up as much money, as much friends, as much power as you want. You can do whatever you want here on earth. You can avoid the cross and the suffering. But you know what you can't avoid? It's death and the grave and the tomb. But I said choosing to follow Jesus is choosing the way of the cross. Listen to me. Choosing to follow Jesus is also the way of the empty tomb. You can have billions of dollars and one day you'll die and you won't have billions of dollars anymore. You'll be left with nothing. You can be the most powerful person in the world and one day you will die and you will go to the grave and this is what we talk about on Ash Wednesday. We put the ashes on our head to remember that we came from dust and that we'll return to dust, that, that we are mortal. We can stack up whatever we want here on earth and avoid the cross. But we can't avoid the grave. But if we're willing to surrender, we can experience resurrection life. We don't have to stay in the grave. We are offered eternal life through Jesus Christ. You guys should be excited about this. 
God is good. So, so Jesus says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet to lose or forfeit their very self? Two things you need to know. Number one, you can't control the world. You can't control your health totally. You can't control your career, your finances. You may think you're in control, but tomorrow something can change and it can all be gone. Worldly things, the stuff that we get when we avoid surrender in the cross, it, we can't control it. The second thing is we can't, you've heard this saying before, you can't take it with you. One day we will all die. But if we're willing to surrender everything to God, the good news is we are offered life eternal, an empty grave, an empty tomb. God offers us life. So you have a choice. Today you have a choice to surrender or to keep what you want to keep. We talked about our plans. Maybe you have big plans. Maybe things are going really well for you and you have this vision of what your life's gonna look like and, and maybe God has a small part in it but, but this is really about you and you have your plans. Maybe you have your career and it's like, hey, I've worked hard and I've earned this and this is mine and nothing can take it and, and God is an afterthought. Maybe your family, maybe for you it's, I, I love my family and I'm gonna invest everything I can into my family and, and God's okay but my family is here and you've got your plans for your family. Maybe Maybe it's your spouse, your marriage. Maybe it's your wealth. You can choose to continue to stack those things up and put your trust in those things. Or you can choose the way of the cross. By the way, good news. Following Jesus doesn't mean that you can't experience good things. It doesn't mean that you don't get to go to the top of the chief and look out. It doesn't mean that you don't get to experience the good things that the world has to offer. But we've got to be willing to be completely surrendered. So my question to you today is, are you willing to surrender everything? The plans. This like, hey, I'm a Christian, everything's going to be perfect. Are you willing to just surrender and say, God, no matter what happens, Jesus, I will follow you to the cross. If you are, you'll experience resurrection life. If any of you have ever lost a loved one, and I know many of you have, that's really hard. You know what's awesome? I've got resurrection life coming. So did my mom. And we'll spend eternity with Jesus if we're willing to surrender. The worship team's gonna come up and and through this series, we really want you to respond. Pastor Deb said this earlier, but we want to give you an opportunity to respond. We don't want you to just sit here. We, the word is calling you. Jesus is calling you to respond, to surrender. So what we have is we've got, we've got five prayer stations that are set up. Over here, we have intercessory prayer. If you have something going on in your life that you need to surrender... If you need to be anointed, go right over there to the table with candles and, and you can be prayed for and anointed if you want to. Next to it, there's the, there's the bed frame thing. And on that, that's the praise wall. If you want to surrender your praise today, we want to invite you to just get up and go over and write your praises down and stick it on the wall. In the back, there is a surrender your plans prayer station. And you can go back there and, and live out the word and just respond by going to that prayer station. Um, over here we have communion. If you want to respond by, by 
by taking communion. You're welcome to just go over and take communion. And then we have the cross and some altars. If you want to just kneel at the cross and surrender something, this is the time. And so I want to give you, everybody stand up. Listen, we have a response. We have something we're called to, and that's surrender. And so I want to ask you to respond to God's word. You can do it at your seat by praying. You can go to a prayer station, whatever it is. Don't miss resurrection life. Today, you are called to surrender. Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us, continue to lead us, and help each and every person in here, each and every person online. Help us to respond to your word and to surrender our plans and our hearts and our lives today. I thank you for life in you. And I give you everything in Jesus' name. Amen.